My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 156 of Legally Clueless. It's absolutely awesome having you as part of the Legally Clueless fam. If this is your first time ever listening to this podcast, audio episodes like this go out every single Monday. And if you head over to our YouTube channel, that's at Legally Clueless on YouTube. There's a link in the show notes. You can watch season one and two of our video series and our tour series as well. And if you want to share a story on this podcast, all you have to do is fill out the Google form. There is a link to it in the show notes. Okay, I think I've given you a bit of a tour around. We're going to structure this episode a wee bit different and jump right into the song of the week so that I can catch you up on my last week. All right. And this week, oh my goodness, I met this particular South African artist in Dubai and initially thought he was a rapper but he is a vocal you know what let's just call him an artist because his art manifests differently but he has the most beautiful voice his name is versatile and the name of the song is kue the first night we hang out he shared the song with me but i never asked what it's about blah 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 i just went back to my room and got to listen to it and i was hooked oh my goodness i was so hooked so the next night I was just like, you have to tell me what the song means. And it's basically just like a love song. I think he said recorded and written during the lockdown, the pandemic lockdown. And he's kind of like telling his love interest that they need to have their phone on so he can call them, etc, etc. Ah, it's just such a nice song. I can't wait for you to listen to it. Also because it's so random how I bumped into this artist and then fell in love with his music, you know. So I've put a link to the song in the show notes. Make sure you check it out. Speaking of Dubai, we had such a wonderful trip. It was shorter than most trips, but we made it happen. So first and foremost, my poetry performance at the Africa Honor Day was awesome. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. It was awesome. I did a piece with a Ghanaian poet called Chief. And it was crazy because we were both writing in our respective countries. I think we only had like two WhatsApp video calls. One to just talk about the logistics of our trip. <laughs> Because we were getting our tickets so late, etc, etc. And the other to think about the concept we wanted to write about. Because we didn't want our pieces to feel disconnected. And so when we got to Dubai, the first day, Chief and I sat down and just like hashed out our poems a bit more. And yeah, it came out really well. He's a very different poet for me. I love his writing because it paints pictures in your minds. He has a way with words around that. He's a lot more expressive performer than I am. I think I just let the words carry the poem, but we still managed to sound so in sync. And it was so awesome afterwards having different people come up to us, give us their cards like, hey, we want to work with you guys. And there was another writer, I'll never forget her name, Maria. And she actually came up to us and she was crying. And she said she normally writes about Africa and hearing our piece on Africa just really moved her. The words really moved her. And that, I think, was the first time I was like, oh my goodness, like my poetry can touch people, you know? It's quite something. So anyway, that was really awesome, really exciting. The entire trip was very interesting. Shout out to... 
I think I saw one comment on my Facebook where somebody was saying, oh, so you didn't carry your little clothes. Anyway, so found out Dubai is a lot more liberal than I thought it was. The first day I left my room and went outside to meet everybody and I was like in a top and jeans and like a cover up. And the first person I see (laughs) is in the tiniest pair of shorts ever. I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) Anyway. So they are pretty liberal, except for specific places. Obviously, you're not going to disrespect a mosque and go in dressed in a particular way, but a lot more liberal than people think, I have to say. I did actually prefer Dubai Old Town to like the new shiny areas, just because I felt the old town had like a bit more soul, a bit more of a story. The skyscraper stuff... I don't know. I think this is the first time I was realizing that that doesn't really appeal to me on like a tourist level. Mm -mm. But going out to the desert, ah, I completely underestimated how powerful the desert is. Like in terms of its its power as nature. Ah, and then gazing into like the stars and man. Listen, we did shoot a Legally Clueless video episode and very soon you guys will get to join us on our tours in Dubai and we got to record quite a few powerful African stories that left me so I don't know like more knowledgeable about you know this whole we're leaving our African country to go to Dubai for greener pastures it is not as easy as it looks but all of that will come to our youtube channel really soon so that's dubai and then i came back on wednesday in time to launch the book that i co-authored on thursday yeah so the book is our broken silence in the last episode i read you a snippet of it the launch was spectacular it was it was amazing we had the honorable Chief Justice Martha Comey from Kenya, Chief Justice in Kenya, come and just launch the book. And she had so many kind words. And what was so weird, man, is that so she did her speech, cut the ribbon, woo, celebration, the book is launched. Um, and then I do my speech and I read a bit from the book where I talk about telling my mom that I'd been raped. And then afterwards, I don't know. I think I mentioned my mom's name. I can't really remember. This was the first time in a speech, like, I lost words. I cried. (laughs) Man. Anyway, so um, when I got off stage and, like, we had, like, a break, the chief justice comes to me and she's like, are you Richard and Mary Onyango's daughter? So my late dad's name was Richard. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, he was a lawyer. And she's like, oh, that used to be my friend. We used to practice together. And it's just like, how small is this world, you know? So she has a couple of projects that she wants us to kind of be part of, which is great. I think we have a very powerful book with us here. And I, I just can't wait for you to be able to read it and in case I haven't told you what you can expect in the book it is diary entries from survivors of sexual violence so I have a whole chapter my co-author Lanji has one as well and the diary entries date back from like pre-colonial times to present day not only from English-speaking communities but also Somali we have entries from what happened to Indian women back in the day 
during colonization here in Kenya. Some stories were in Kikuyu, we had to translate them. Some of the stories are from like support systems of survivors, so nurses, people from the legal side, family members. It's a really powerful book and we just hope it's going to be, or rather going to spark a renewed fight to end sexual violence. So I'm going to tell you how you can get yourself a copy. So if you're in Kenya, we are exclusively at Somanami Books. And I love this place because it's actually like a femme space. So it's completely in line with who we are and what this book is about. They are, if you're in Nairobi, at Greenhouse Mall, which is on Gong Road. But if you don't want to go there, what you can do is go to www.somanami.co.ke to order online. I'll put a link to it in the show notes or you can whatsapp this number plus 254-705-548-052 again i'll put that number in the show notes and they will deliver the book to you countrywide wherever you are in kenya the book is retailing at 2500 shillings and remember all the proceeds go to two funds one is a microfinance firm that's created by my co-author lanji to help give legal services to survivors of sexual violence. And then there's my program, Safe 247, which is a free group therapy program for survivors of sexual violence. So that's where the proceeds go. And yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm really proud about it. It's it's quite an overwhelming journey to be going on. I feel like I'm losing my mind a bit, but nonetheless, it's it's a powerful journey and, and I would really love you to be able to be part of it by getting the book. If you're not in Kenya, by the way, gosh, I forgot. If you're not in Kenya, the book is on Amazon. I put a link to the Amazon page in our show notes so you can order it there. All right, let's jump into 100 African stories. I was really conflicted about whether I would call this an 100 African story or a random convo. It's like a bit of both. It's a story by my friend who I've known from primary school, Angela. She has all of my secrets. And I love that she agreed to be on my podcast, just like a joke, man. She talks about just various experiences she's had when it comes to dating and relationships, patterns she's learned that she needs to break, and of course, Tinder, and how that just didn't work out. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. So my first ever, yeah, toxic relationship, I'd say. I dated this guy for about two and a half years, roughly. And yeah, we thought we were the perfect thing. Like, uh, we had a lot to prove to the world. I mean, being together and how we were going to stay together. Um, Yeah, and I think that's sort of inspired like it was it became lax yeah so uh for a while we were in that honeymoon phase and things were good and we're getting along well we moved in together then things just cut off I would say that's yeah my first toxic experience in a relationship and yeah it was emotionally draining um I think that was the yeah the toxic part of it not me able to be me just because I'm trying to fit into this other person's um life or trying to make this other person's life easier well, I'm sacrificing my own, um, not being heard. Communication was the problem. Um, yeah, and things just sort of deteriorated. We were not talking in the same 
room. Yeah, and I just decided to leave, which I think was harder than actually being in the relationship because there was so much at stake. And um, yeah, what are people going to say? You guys thought you had the world figured out and things like that. But I realized that I had to do it for myself. Otherwise, I was going to go mad. Um, yeah, so I packed up and left. And um, I think because I had a lot of leftover emotions or leftover love or leftover like feelings, um, I rebounded really quick. Uh, within a week, I was seeing someone else. Yeah, and I felt like I had like reached you know so yeah so i started dating this guy and it was well it was nice as well like mean having moving from something that was not there to something that is actually really there and almost felt like tangible like you could actually account for the feelings that were not being taken seriously before so pretty quick, quickly things started moving pretty quickly we also moved in together and um yeah we we're living the sort of dream or so i thought that was but um for a while then after that i felt like I don't think this is something that I wanted to do and not so quickly. So I up and left. I woke up one day and I just decided I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> yeah, so I moved back home and yeah, for a while I was like, it's okay, that family, being around family was uh, nourishing in itself, first of all. And then yeah, I just decided you don't have to be with someone to feel like you're, you're full, I guess. Yeah, so I moved back home for about a year and then I moved out. And then yeah, for a while I think I established a pattern and um, sort of just like went into dating without like any basis or structure of trust or um, structure of this is what a girlfriend is supposed to do. Yeah, and um, I think it's just because I felt like no one could fulfill me the way I wanted or felt like I should be yeah, entitled to. Um, yeah, so you can say for a while it was like that. Um, yeah, in and out of flings, if you can call it that. Yeah, in and out of flings, but then you know you start to catch feelings and things become complicated. So that's when I knew what ghosting was and oh, I was ghosted a while, yeah. But then that's when I realized because of feelings, stupid feelings, and imagining that you can be in relationships without calling it a relationship, it's a scam. Yeah, so that was 2018, I think. Yeah, so I was in a pretty, uh, I'd say it was like a blur area of what the dating game or the dating life is uh, and stuff. Anyway, then... I entered into another relationship with someone who was younger than me and I thought, okay, maybe now I can teach this one how to love me. Yeah, they like. Uh, so yeah, it was it was pretty nice. It was exciting because I'm like, okay, there are new things out there that I don't know about. And yeah, it was very nice to also like experience that from I would say like a backward point of view. But looking back, yeah, at it, there were so many things that were wrong, but I, of course, decided not to see or chose not to see. Well, I mean, why should it be so exciting? For one, me, I think that's a red flag. Or looking <laughs> or looking at it from, yeah, now, I think, yeah, that's like one of the red flags. Like, you need to be serious, yeah, first of all, before you can start enjoying things. But I think we enjoyed things before we were serious. Yeah, so... But just looking back, that time it was pretty sweet. It was it was a nice thing, yeah. So I think we had that structure laid down first. I think we'd have, yeah, he'd be picking me up right now. But anyway, so that that's now another pattern. I mean, like I was saying, it's trying to be emotionally available, but without being available. But you only realize those things like when you look back and not when you're in the moment. So I think that's one of the things that deteriorated that relationship and then okay yeah anyway i was seeing this okay, i wouldn't even say seeing um i was with this guy it was weekends mostly um and i think it just stemmed out from when i was not single and i think we just had a friendship but when yeah when we realized yeah we get along well we 
we connect on different levels. We talk about everything and stuff. So when I left this other guy and I was like, okay, now we can probably do this thing. I mean, let's be in this thing. <laughs> yeah, but then it was not a relationship. That's what I, was, I mean by having feelings without needing to have the feelings. Um, yeah, I think I started wanting much more and I don't think he was in that space. So yeah, the ghosting was like, now it doesn't talk to me on Friday because I'm expecting to see him on Saturday. And then talks to me on Tuesday. I'd be like, okay, I hope you had a nice weekend. Yeah, so I think, yeah, those are some of the, yeah, the, the things that went wrong. But I realized it's in my stead that I probably was envisioning that this relationship could be something without realizing that it's probably not supposed to be anything than you really want it to be. Okay, I really try to avoid the water we situations. I try to suggest, like, what could we be? <laughs> yeah, which I think is wrong. Don't get me wrong. Which I think is wrong, yeah, but never, like, upfront, like, what are we, what are we doing? Because we knew when we were starting this thing, you forget, yeah? Then you're like, okay, that was last week. That was last month. Today, we are somewhere else. Yeah, so meet me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think you just omit because also the truth is so hard. You're like, what are we? Then he says, we? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, so I think even just asking it up front, which should have been number one in my age now, should have been number one. But I think just that rejection or that, like, she's not a we. Yeah, I think that was, we didn't have those conversations because, like I said, it was like weekends and just like stolen moments. Yeah, so we kept those, yeah, we kept them pretty unserious. Like we were... Yeah, which was pretty dumb for me to have feelings then. I don't know where they came from. Yeah, but then, of course, there's occasional, like, PMS period. And then you send a long-ass text, yeah, a whole PDF. Yeah, and still not asking what are we. Yeah, you're just like, yo, I feel you. I know you feel me. But never, oh, which was pretty dumb. But yeah. So, yeah, that was my first encounter with ghosting. Me being the ghosty. Anyway, so moving from that fling that wasn't a fling, that was a fling. And I guess we stopped talking for a while. So I was like, okay, since we are not anything. Yeah, so I moved on and I uh, happened to meet a younger guy. I think I met him through a colleague. So we started. <laughs> yeah, we used to talk, but it was like, I'm like, what am I telling this guy? I know he has younger chicks. Yeah, so I just was casual about it. But after a while, it became like, Interesting, like this could be something. Ha! Huh. Well, I don't know what happened, but anyway, yeah, in a relationship, I guess. Yeah, but it was nice. It was new. It was, it was, it was exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what happened. And we dated for a while. Um, what was different? Um, I'd say, I mean, okay, for, I guess, common sense wise, yeah, now you're kept up to trends. Like, you know what's going on. Yeah. Without, having to look for it or being interested in anything. It just finds you because this guy knows everything. I don't know. There was also some mystery. And also I was like, been there, done that. So let me show you how to do that. Yeah, so there was that. It was, I wouldn't say it was a control thing. I think it was just like from a wise perspective, like I would fit into your life so perfectly if you just let me, yeah. But then also in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, in like a year you'll get tired of this old lady. And want to do your, yeah, yeah. So I didn't really have like a, an attachment, but it still felt very, it was cozy, I would say. And even for a while, I don't think the age mattered, really. It would just maybe come up in a few things, but 
it was not like always in the back of my head like this guy is younger than you get out of there or um yeah i guess those were the the key differences but it didn't feel like it was rushed or pushed or it needed to go somewhere real quick it was just it was in the moment i think that's what i really liked about it yeah um i'd say then covid hit but then now the timeline is becoming a bit yeah setting to reality <laughs> yeah so then covid hit and I guess working from home and being at home and things like that um I think it just went a bit overboard and we got too used to each other and I didn't want to necessarily have to look like I was taking care of someone because I also wanted to be taken care of chicks are crazy yeah so it just wore its time its time out and yeah we just grew apart and I felt like okay I think you it's I, I can let you go it's okay it's, it's fine so i just told him okay bye and he packed his things and left yeah and it's been yeah it's been quite a while since that yeah and that's how that went um i miss it but i don't miss it for i think there are right reasons i think i miss it because well it's nice to belong or it's nice to have someone it's nice to have your person and things like that but Sometimes when I'm by myself and I sit I'm like I can be my own person it's it's okay it's it's fine yeah and I think that's where I've reached and realized so I don't regret like some of those things it's just I feel yes of course there's a pattern and my thing now is like to try to erase it or get rid of it or just see what else is out there the pattern necessarily okay I wouldn't okay let's call it a pattern yes but it the ingredients are different for the points of life that I've I've encountered. I am I think okay this might sound so like I'm blowing my own horn. I think I was so giving. That's the problem. Emotionally, okay, I wouldn't say physically. Okay, physically. But all the, the giving is there and I think I give too easily. So then I don't know why I'm being punished by being taken for granted or advantage because or advantage of because of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a natural a natural, you know. Yeah, so I think or what i feel but this is just blaming the other person is then they get used to that nature and then think it's there forever i mean it's she's going to give anyway so let's just let's just be yeah let's not do it yeah but which is strange because if you try to erase or break that pattern aren't you getting rid of yourself are you are you destroying what you are already and then in these 30 plus years then what are you going to be Yeah so I don't know if it's like a tone down or yeah but I find I think that's the that's the thing and I've seen it even not in the relationships that I've been in but even just with people generally I think that's the that's the big the big thing and I don't know how you can undo being yourself yeah so that's one but another is I think just overthinking and trying to stick to things that you know are not for you and try to just circle in that I'm um, like this could be something so just take your time like look at it from another angle try to be in a ah there's no time yeah i think i should have realized that early and i think i'd be somewhere else or wouldn't have that too much self selflessness yeah i think if i realized those moments when they happen then i think that would be that would dissuade me from falling into the the same things that i do so yeah um i've lived with yeah two people i could say yeah um i think yeah it does affect the relationship but it could be for better or for worse you know you could be there for this person or that person could be there for you in that daily and you feel like that's that's a thing but also i feel like there are people who shouldn't do this just because you want to see this person every day because sometimes that's a curse um but i think you need to realize this like in dating um and i think i probably rushed those two particular 
And yeah, there could have been so much more I'd have learned if we were apart. But you know, love tells you, this is the guy. Please just want to be with him, want to wake up every day next to him, want to cook for him. You know, those things. So it's sort of like, it plays on you differently. Looking back, I probably would have, have, I would have waited, maybe in both instances. First, there'd have only been one instance, um, instance if, if it went right. Yeah, but I think I would have waited and I think it does affect um, the way people see each other, you know, you're at your worst, I guess, um, because you're, vulnerable, you're at home, yeah, so I think it does affect. And also, um, like what I said about just being used to someone and then you think that they'll just be there all the time, your beck and call, when they get home, it's just you, you know, things like that. So I think you need like a refresher, I think every instance or so, just to be like, okay, yeah, I know we are doing this and which people don't realize. So I wish that I had that time or I had taken like a space to yeah, sort of figure that out. And maybe even that's why I'm scared of probably meeting someone who I'd be like, yeah, and if we get married, we're living together. I'd be like, you live, that's it. You know, leave this, let's can be married. But yeah, so I think, yeah, it does. It does plays a huge role. Then I decided dating was not for me. I was like, you know what? This is too much effort, first of all. It's too much to get someone on the same page with you. It's too much to even hope or think that someone is thinking the same as you and wanting to do this. So I was like, why not? Let's join Tinder. Let's see what is out there since we can't go out and we could meet nice people. They can be interesting. We can talk on text and we can see how we can, yeah, get along. Anyway, yeah, so that's Tinder. I think, I think I've been on it for a year. But I'm done. I met a few or talked to a few people and met up with a few. And I would say 90% have ended badly or, okay, didn't take off probably, or, but have ended badly. Um, I think that experience also just made me feel like there are no people out there, which is a paradox because people are getting married every, every year. Yeah, but I think that experience also, I mean, based off my past experiences, I don't think I would give him um, a lot of effort or feel like I need to give a lot of effort because I'm like, it's just going to end in premium tears. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'd also call that a series, yeah, like serial dating, but with no repercussions or no one to to answer to or if it goes badly, I can just block you, things like that. So I think it was it's like a playground of sorts. But another nature of mine is I have such a big heart that... I think, yeah, it took a toll on me, yeah? Like, I would think, is, am I not good enough? Or what else do they want? Or should I be this other person for this person to feel me the way I'm feeling? Or if it ended so badly, how can I fix it? Or should I give it, like, three days and then come back and try again? I'm like, why is so much energy, yeah? So it was not that the app or the experiences are bad, I would say. I think it's just the world itself in how it predisposes you to turn on or turn off your your strengths or your weaknesses. When I say it like that, or when I hear it out loud, it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I wouldn't say it's the app. I think, okay, the people are messed up, but for you to try and try want to fix that or think that it should be different, I think that's a whole other ball game, which I was not ready for. When I had just started on the app, I think the first guy I met, I didn't feel like saying his name, but anyway, yeah, no, it was, it was nice. I mean, I think we, we clicked. We talked, I mean, we used to talk almost, I think, every day. And also, I was not, also not going to do that everyday thing if there's nothing more that's happening. And we had not met yet. So, yeah, then we moved to WhatsApp and 
pictures, I guess, and stuff, my life, talk about work, talk about all the things that, you know, like it was a normal, uh, I would say, friendship, I guess. But, you know, in the back of your head, you're like, okay, this guy joined Tinder for his own personal reasons. Yourself, you joined for your own personal reasons. You can't now say that now you're off the app and you're on WhatsApp, that he's not still on Tinder. So I used to go back and check his profile to see if he's still active and stuff. Yeah, and which he was, but I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him. We had not met yet. Anyway, so um, I guess after a few weeks or maybe a month or so, I was like, yeah, let's meet. Let's, let's see what this is. Yeah, but it, it was nice. I wouldn't say it was bad. But that's when you realize your objectives for joining uh, are two different things. Yeah. So it was good for me to realize early that he was just in it for physical activities. Yeah. And if you're, if that's not your first, if you're not aligned, uh, those things can go south really quick. Yeah. Cause me, I was in it for, I guess, companionship. Like, that I loved, like, yeah, talk, having someone to talk to who is different from people you talk with. And you're also sort of trying to see what, yeah, what the pool is like. But if your first two, first objective for both of you is different, I think things go south. Yeah. So the sooner you realize that, I think the better. But then that comes in the aspect of trying to fix that. You're like, okay, fine. He wants physical activities. But maybe we can make that number two. Let's see. Yeah. But you trying to fix that or trying to make that like switch around is a lot of effort. Yeah. So I think when you venture, venture safely. Yeah. Or just make sure that yeah, your first objectives with each other are, are probably in line. That was the first guy I met off Tinder. And I hadn't realized then that, that what it, well, that's what it was. Because, okay, then after, after we met and, yeah, is when I was like, okay, now even the talking becomes less or stuff. So I'm like, okay, then I'm still on this app, yeah, because I'm not going to leave because you made me leave. Who are you? Yeah, so I think I met maybe a few more or tried to talk to a few more. But then another thing that happens is you join this app on your own volition, with your own issues and your own stuff. You don't realize that. If and when you meet someone, they also come with their own baggage and their own. So you talk. I mean, you develop a rapport, whatever. And you sort of like this person. Okay, maybe your objectives also meet. Yeah, they align. But then when they start unpacking the baggage, you're like, this is not what I signed up for. I can't do this. It's too much. Yeah. It's also a lot to deal with, especially if you also have your own and you also can't just really willingly unpack if you don't know where this is going. But then you need to balance the seesaw. But what you, if you don't do that, then it tends to like flip on the negative for you. So I think I've met, I think, two who had too much baggage to deal with. Like I was not ready for, I was not, I can't because I'm also, whatever I'm reeling from, for me to be on this app, yeah, it's also going to be a lot. Yeah, so I also don't think I reached that point of necessarily being free or letting my walls down and stuff like that. And those situations got to me and I was like, then maybe it's a me problem. But I'm like, but you have so many issues. Like, give it to me one at a time, first of all. Not like let everything down. I'm like, okay, yeah, people go through it. People have all that. But is Tinder where you're looking for therapy or, yeah, so yeah, those are the... Those are some of the other funny encounters that happen on Tinder. So I left Tinder for a while. For a while. And then I found that I have free time. I was like, what did I used to do in this free time? And then I had ghosted and blocked people. So I was bored. I'm like, mm, 
let's go back with a new profile and see if yeah the data will align properly and you meet a different set of guys yeah so then i doubled in it for a while and still had conversations with people who are if not creepy strange if not strange just different and one thing for me that is okay how i single out people from the beginning is first of all grammar if your grammar is very horrible and especially on your bio thanks it's okay it's fine i move on from that and then we go to talk and then you speak even worse than what was in your bio i'm like you know what thanks for making this extremely easy and i move on but i found it was a lot of that so i'm like in this free time i can just develop another hobby so i quit tinder i was like if they find me they'll find me if curfew stops we'll go out and we'll see yeah so i quit because it was it was excessive it was becoming like a sport you know like you have to wake up and think this is a new day to accomplish new things <laughs> like it's never that serious yeah so i have a new hobby which has taken up tinder time i found that i can feel that time doing other things yeah i don't need i don't need that it's, it's crazy anyway i think what i do differently or if i knew this what i know now that i wish i knew then which is so it's been oversaid and it's been over expected i think put yourself first is the major one that i've learned because i feel like within those relationships or even those situations where i'm trying to meet someone new and we are getting to know each other and i always feel like they should be comfortable before i'm comfortable i'm like that's bullshit i think you need to be at peace with yourself or self aware of how much you need to be there for yourself first before you can be there for these other people and i've started with the serial dating side first because those are the ones that really awoke many of those feelings but i feel like even in my serious relationships where i was with someone and i knew it was going somewhere and um they even met the parents and we were going to do things but i feel like most of it was just pegged on how he feels about it or how he's going to take it or how he would fit in with people how, how he would and i never thought about how am i ready for this do i want this to be there do i really feel like we should move on to the next step do i want how do i feel i never ask where i stand with yeah with being comfortable in that relationship so had i known this then i think i'd be better for it or maybe that relationship would have crumbled before it did or it would have been further if anything but like i say it's been overstated like be there for yourself first or start within you before you start to deduce what other people are going through i'd also say on the front for ghosting when i was first first ghosted and i'm like oh, why isn't this person talking to me why do they think they can come back in my life and just be like yo what you doing i'm like mm. and then i'm so ready to reply and like then i sit down for 3 hours i'm like hey it's been long yeah let me reply now i'm just chilling you know things like that just to be available for this person then i'm like you know you can do the same thing if you don't feel like talking to this person safari could not tell them that you're not going to talk to you know things like and i felt so empowered like i can do that or block and not care i wish i knew these things before but i used to be like maybe they're waiting for my text or if i don't text them they think i've died or you know and i really wish i had this superpower then because i'd be so far because i've always like wanted to be dependable or okay in my other facets of life like at work with my family i'm that person that you come to because you know i can do something but in relationships i think because they are someone else's son they're not you know they're not within your first ecosystem you can actually be like i'll reply next week or i won't reply 
and you can it, it's empowering because you're just the same way you're waiting for someone to text you i don't think it's the same way they're waiting for you to text them so i wish i knew that before because i'd have saved myself a lot of struggles and tears and stuff so i think it just all boils down to you being your person for yourself before you try and be other people i mean be someone's person yeah and then it now comes back full circle to all these funny people on tinder i think maybe there's like one or two who's probably straight but they have all their issues and you also have your own issues but when you sit yourself down and yeah and have that conversation with okay this person is fine and then they start unloading their things and their drama i'm like if i unloaded my things for you we'd be somewhere else yeah so i think in taking it stride and just realizing that you also come with your shit but it depends on how you want to like be um vulnerable with but it's still you that you need to fess up with yourself and be like this is also your junk so are you ready to also now like be so i think i've had so many stories from people and i'm like i also have my stuff but for me to own up to it i have to come to that realization before i can give it to you you if you can't do that then also it's something so it's just that full circle of be there for yourself first or be your person first before you try to be someone else's catch more african stories in the next episode of legally clueless I hope you enjoyed that story, random convo with Angie on all things dating. I don't know, maybe there's probably some things that you connected with. I know one part that made me chuckle was when she was talking about Tinder and how grammar. <laughs> She's like, that's always her red flag. And it just reminded me of back when my best friend Val was single and she was on Tinder and she used to show me some of the messages that she'd get from guys. I'm just like, what is going on? Like, why are we not communicating well? But hey, 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 hey. Maybe there needs to be like a whole other podcast just on like online dating and how wild or successful that is. Anyway, if you want to watch Angie telling this story, head over to our YouTube channel, check out season two of our video series. However, if you want to share your story on this podcast, all you have to do is fill out the Google form. There's a link to it in the show notes and I will get back to you on when we're going to record your story. And remember to catch new audio episodes right here every single Monday. Catch us on Trace Radio right here in Kenya every single Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Head over to traceradio.co.ke to see a list of all the frequencies Trace can be found on across Kenya. Ooh, don't forget if you can to buy a copy of Our Broken Silence. Details on how you can do that are in the show notes. But as for now, thank you so much for listening to the very, very, very end. I truly appreciate you. Thank you for being part of the Legally Clueless fam. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.